0: Stampede! Gardner Isn't, number 45, recorded April 18th, 2020. <laughs> My mental therapist keeps telling me that people want hope. I go to her office with my computer and play my podcasts. Garner isn't. And although she says she likes the music, she thinks my narrative is dark. Well, she's right. I am dark. I'm depressed. I've been depressed for nearly 20 years now. And for good reason. Consumerism has been trying to make me believe all I need is a profit. Everybody was getting rich over the years. You could buy a house for a hundred grand, and in five years, you could sell it for two hundred. Consumerism said, don't think about that news report of some guy with a machine gun opening up on people at a concert. Hell, you didn't have to worry about that, because you could still walk down to the beach and take a dip in the ocean. But what was all that black, foul-smelling stuff washing up on the sand? And what was all that black stuff covering an ocean bird? Sure, there were some anomalies, but... Everything was good. So what if some people were getting rich by selling weapons around the world? What good is a B-52 bomber anyway if it can't carry a few bombs? Besides, we're fighting over there, so it doesn't come over here. And it keeps the economy strong. Wall Street healthy. Except the numbers never add up. What's that I hear? Enron kept making profits on their subsidiary companies, companies that really didn't exist. No, that can't be right. No, that wasn't it. It was that guy, Madoff, who ran a huge Ponzi scheme on Wall Street, not to mention that one of his sons committed suicide over it. Things are good. All you have to do is watch five hours of television so you can be brain dead for a while. Don't worry about nothing. Forget about it. Go to sleep so you can wake up the next morning refreshed, ready to be used as a tool, because the system's always got your back. So why am I not laughing when I cough up blood every morning.
1: These are the days it never rains but it falls
0: It couldn't be the air I'm breathing. Hell, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. What's that you say? I could have coronavirus in my body. No, no, not me. It's those particles of fossil fuel in the air I'm breathing. That's what's making me cough. Yeah, my mental therapist said I should make more humorous shows. That's what we all need, a good laugh. But to be honest, I keep telling her I'm depressed. So she says, Oh, don't worry about that. We can get you some pills that'll change that. Now, I've often thought that maybe all I need was some Prozac to give me a little better outlook on life. But since this coronavirus has been killing hundreds of thousands of people around the world in just a couple of months, I keep saying to myself, if I start taking something that'll distort, what I'm seeing, it'll affect my podcasts. To clarify, you might say there's an analogy here. The government is opening up the printing of money. Or should I say, it's printing and distributing money at a record pace. It's a little like taking Prozac to eliminate a depression. Now, I'm not an economist. But I won't take Prozac to eliminate my own depression, because it'll affect the way I see reality. This leads me to offer an opinion to what's happening. The possibility that money, the actual currency we use to buy goods and services, is going to be worthless, if it hasn't become so already. The facts may be, a new process of doing transactions will be done exclusively with credit the use of paper money is going to be extinct you might say that doesn't sound possible well like I said I'm not an economist but I do know money has an upside and a downside you can have a lot of it or you may not have much of it. You might say it has a mental component, sort of like taking Prozac to eliminate depression. But a strange thing about money, if you have too much of it, it can become valueless.
1: Ground control to Major Tom Ground control to Major Tom
0: And if people are dying around you, and it appears there's a lot of that happening, money can act like a placebo in a medical emergency. It can move sideways without much effect. You can have lots of money, but if you've got COVID-19 in your bloodstream, it won't matter much. So this is what I'm saying. The coronavirus has dramatically affected our economic system, not to mention all the other systems we have in this country. Our U.S. Treasury is borrowing enormous amounts of money to keep the economy working. It's printing historically unparalleled money, trillions of dollars, money it actually doesn't have. Before this virus came to America, the U.S. government was in debt to over $22 trillion. And to speak openly about this, unaffected by an antidepressant medicine, America was bankrupt before COVID-19 started killing people in this country. Whether you like it or not, We were never going to be able to pay back that $22 trillion. I mean, everybody said we were just fine. Main Street America was doing great. And then everything went dark. And the U.S. Treasury has stepped in trying to help with printing a lot of money, distributing it to everyone in this country. And this calls into question if that money is worth anything. And kick me if you think I'm wrong, but I believe people who think that our money has value are kidding themselves. Sort of like taking an overdose of Prozac. You're feeling great, but your troubles aren't going away. The facts are, Money is going to stop being used, and it's going to happen sooner than later. I don't know how this is going to work, but we're going to be issued credit in the future, not paper dollars. And you aren't going to be using it anymore. Money is becoming obsolete.
1: You know your cream from your end. You know the quick from the dead So much better than the rest You think you've been blessed I know you You know your letter from the snake You know the trouble from the break You know your straight line from a curve You've got a lot of nerve But I know
0: reminded of a beautiful country in Europe that over the years kept changing its currency. They kept the name of their currency but every five or ten years they changed the appearance of their money. The ink they used was different, the design was different, the historic figures they posted on their script was different. It was like taking the image of George Washington off the $1 bill and replacing it with Alexander Bell, and after that, replacing it with Thomas Edison. The economy of this foreign country was so shaky, if you lived long enough, you'd have a lesson in history by looking at its money. And I might say this foreign country was considered broke, but the money its public used was beautiful and lyrical. To speak frankly about this, the chaos and tragedy that the coronavirus has brought to America might end up being historically recorded simply as a bump in the road when compared to the prohibition of the use of money, it's been long held if you start writing checks on your bank account and there isn't enough money to cover it eventually someone is going to come knocking on your door, or at least that's what the Governor of New York recently said when holding a news conference about the coronavirus rampaging in his state. He also said. Of course, no one knows what happens when a government keeps printing money it doesn't have. Well, actually, he was mistaken about that. It's happened lots of times in history, and it's happened when governments had a crisis of confidence in the money it printed. In our case, the rules of consumerism are pretty malleable. America's pride might be bruised if the dollar bill, the solid greenback, were removed as our currency. But consumerism loves destruction, and there's always new growth after a forest fire. That is, just so long as the rain eventually comes. Yeah, if you don't get any rain, things have a hard time growing. Of course, the other side is true as well. You get too much rain, and things get washed away. It's funny how that works. But consumerism is always ready for the next new thing. And the end of money may be something consumerism has been waiting for. And... Although consumerism loves to see excesses, it realizes it can have troubling consequences. Wholesale violence, financial frauds, segments of society based by a wealthy few, degrading moral standards, and environmental destruction can all make people think consumerism should be stopped. And the signs of that taking place result in harsh military action. By and large, consumerism isn't content with that. So, when a government's currency becomes worthless, it's safe to say consumerism is threatened. However, consumerism is a sly dog and isn't quick to abandon its meaning. The forces that have helped to build consumerism will be quick to institute new measures. Sure, there'll be some pain, but to keep the system rolling, you abandon the dead weight. Sort of like burying the dead on a ship out at sea. And that's what can happen. You default on your currency, but with consumerism, you simply replace it with something different. Keep the ship still afloat. Just trim the sails, install a new motor, and go sailing away. Of course, there can be a little pain on a cruise ship. You don't have to worry about that. Consumerism's got your back. When ending the use of worthless money, who knows replacing it with units of credit might be a lot of fun. And besides, you keep the old structure with the same officers running the ship. Let's see how this would work. The government declares it's welching on its debt and says money is no good anymore. Temporarily, some people are inconvenienced. But before money disappears, the government gives everything it owns to four or five big banks in America. And this is where the switch takes place. The banks issue credit cards to everybody. Everyone has a line of credit. And depending on what you do, you get a certain number of credits. Some people will get more credits than others, which is only natural. Yep, money is going to be extinct, and everybody will have plastic cards. Hell, there won't be no taxes no more, just interest payments. Credit can be created out of thin air. Everybody will have cred. Hallelujah. I looked over Jordan, and what did I see? A band of angels coming for to rescue me. It just might be bankers helping me, but I could be wrong. This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard Peter Gabriel's 1992 recording of Steam, followed by David Bowie performing with Queen in the 1981 extemporaneous composition, Under Pressure. Brian May wrote in Mojo magazine about Under Pressure. It was hard because you had four very precocious boys, and David, who was precocious for all of us. David took over the song lyrically. End quote. Then you heard another composition by Bowie, a 1984 release, followed by a repeat from a cut of Gabriel's Steam, and Give Me Shelter from the Stones, a 1969 recording written by Jagger with Keith Richards' iconic guitar. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner, in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.